Ben, come and help me. Ben, what have you, what have you got that you could give to us? Not much. Well, an empty, empty pockets. Yeah. I'm already feeling sad. <laughs> I suppose you could. <laughs> you haven't got anything of value you could give to us. No. I mean, look at, look at. Matt over there, he's really trying to see, hoping that he's going to get something. Oh, you fancy the shoes? Mm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing of value. Well, here's some good news. God has given you a bag of goodies which I've been looking after for you. So if, if, if you sit down here, look after your bag of goodies for a minute. Let's have a little look at what God has given in this bag of goodies that he's given to us. I'm going to take you again. Quite a long time ago, um, I think it was Beck Coles gave to me a, a little slip of paper uh, and I've referred to this a number of times, and it was a few verses uh, from the message version, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, let me just pick up a few of those verses just to see, and we take a look at what God's given us uh, in our personal bag of goodies. Um, I'm reading from the message, and it's verse, Ephesians 1, verse 3. How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the father and master of Jesus Christ and takes us to high places of blessing in him. Let's just take that first one. It takes us to high places of blessing. Uh, kind of systemly places where we can expect to be blessed. You, you understand blessing? It's kind of positive. Yeah? It's sort of... Uh, if you look at the, the different definitions, it's happy, fulfilled, uh, satisfied. I mean, it's all the kind of things that we would, we would look for and uh, hope for. Takes us to high places. Uh, that's high place you think about the ability to see. The, 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 the fog is cleared. You can see truth, you can see reality, um, not, notwithstanding what, what is the presented situation. It's, it's that ability to see beyond the immediate, to see beyond the circumstance, to see something of God. This is all part of what he's given us. And I'm going to take us through and just look at something of this bag of goodies that God has given to us so that we can uh, enjoy that and just be refreshed in that. You know, I don't know if it was somebody here, but somebody said, you know, they had a teacher that said to them um, at school, you will never become anything. Uh, now, it may not be a, a teacher, but 
a number of people uh, I find have heard that, either from a parent or uh, a boss or a teacher, somebody in some place of influence or authority. Uh, and that can have quite a powerful negative effect. But he takes us to a place where we see beyond what's been put to us. It says, just reading on this, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing that he's brought us to, high places of blessing in him. Let me just read that verse and then I'll, I'll come into some more on it. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. If you feel a little wow, it's okay. You know, you know, I mean, I know Daniel told you you've got to be quiet, but a little vow, a little wow or a little hmm sounds moderately okay. I mean, you know, because we're English, we don't want to get too excited, do we? <laughs> Long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. He wants us, and part of what he's given to us, is the ability not only to see, but to feel his presence. To see beyond religion. I've been talking, I think, recently to you, um, from my own background... I was brought up in a religious environment and it really didn't do me an awful lot of good. Um, but it's incomparable to the time when I was introduced in reality, in the spirit, to Jesus. And the world of difference between knowing about something, some religious kind of position or some religious facts, and knowing and feeling his presence. I mean, I don't know how to describe the, the experience. I mean, people have said it's, it, it's a more ecstatic experience than anything else in life. All I can say is that you have to experience it to understand that the presence of God, we talk about blessing. We talk about uh, something beyond anything else. You have to experience uh, the presence of God. And part of what he's given to us is that ability to actually know and feel his presence. It causes something to change on the inside rather than something to be imposed on the outside. And I grew up with this whole thing about basically you had to... Uh, give your heart to Jesus or you uh, when everybody else went to heaven you were left behind and all this sort of stuff it really didn't, didn't do anything but the thing that melted my heart, the thing that changed me was the reality of the presence of God, something from the inside not something that can be imposed from the outside and you know you may not know what I'm talking about you may never have experienced this presence of God 
this sense of joy and peace and enlightenment. Uh, but, you know, it would be really unkind to talk about something and you kind of just be left on the outside looking in. What I'm saying is, any time, like even today, you can say, Lord, I submit to you, I choose to believe that you were raised from the dead and that God has made you Lord, overseer, commander over all, and that includes me, and I accept that. I choose that. And then the miracle of the ability to live in that belief is something that God does, and we experience his presence from that time on. And to see his hand at work, to see what he's doing, uh, to be engaged not only in the ability to see, to see what is truth, not only in feeling his presence, but seeing his hand. I delight in that. I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing his hand at work, to hear his word. Don't, don't you enjoy that? I'm just thinking. Uh, loads of us are together on Tuesday at the uh, first Tuesday prayer. I mean, I just sat there. I, I know it's not in the Bible, but I was gobsmacked. You know, just thinking, you know, from this, this grouping, this is what we're hearing God saying. Let me just remind you. We heard about uh, Nathan taking a group uh, from the school to, the, uh, to Sierra Leone to seek to have uh, and see a development in them in a different environment. We heard from Lucy, who reported back. And I sit there, when I hear about the lives of, of teenage girls and babies being saved, and thinking, if Lucy's that, doing that, we're in that because we're part of this together. And it's God who does it. And I think, wow. And I, I kind of want to nudge someone and say, hey, that's my God. That's what he does. That. I mean, seeing the hand of God. I, I think it's great that we look at the miracles of the Bible and we, we hear the things of, of what God's done in previous times. But in our day and age and in our time, to see the hand of God at work. And that's... Week after week, different ones come and they, they tell us about what God's done. I kind of think, yes, this is seeing the hand of God at work. When we come together to worship or pray and we sense and know the presence of God, I know worship is, is for him. Uh, we come to worship him. But actually, he's designed it in such a way that it's another place of us experiencing the presence of God and enjoying seeing his hand and, and feeling that presence. I think that's, that's great, that's wonderful. And then Anthony was telling us about the opportunity, I think it was him and Anne uh, was having to uh, deal with the, the outcome in our community, in this day and age, where we live, of, uh, as they seek to get to grips with rogue landlords, the outcome of what's left with the people uh, involved in those situations that are the victims of that. What a privilege. What a privilege to see the hand of God applied to a now and present situation in our world, in our direct community. Then I think was Jamie told us about Dulos this coming year, where we've got people coming from other nations in order to train and equip 
and, and sent forth and the, the privilege and power of doing that. <clears throat> now, I think it was Anne again that told us about uh, having the opportunity uh, in our day, in our age, to, to be reaching into the mosque to do creative English. And out of that, people beginning to find their way to the hub. Uh, and then we heard about the opportunity to join with Waggy and go into Iraq uh, later on in the year. I think, I, you know, there are times I sit there and I think, hmm, can, is this real? Well, there seems to be so many things that are taking place and so many things uh, that are happening. And then I think I updated you about uh, the response that we've got so far from the local authority about the building project of our new community project uh, and how that was so uh, favourable. I mean, that's just seeing the hand of God. Let me just tell you an, uh, another little thing that meant a lot to me. Do you remember we were talking about it's, it's Ramadan and... Uh, how statistically a lot of people actually come to Jesus in that time. And Dawn and I have been talking about our neighbours and, and what we were going to do. And uh, I think, I don't know who it was, some, Jamie or somebody said, look, if you've got a, a particular specific uh, person in mind, a uh, Muslim person that you're reaching out to, stand. And somebody would come and pray with you. Um, for, I think he was praying for a specific opportunity. And I thought, right. So I stood and somebody, two or three people came and prayed. And they prayed for the specific opportunity. The next day, just as I'm going out, my neighbour's coming in. And I felt that little nudge. Say, you asked this, what you asked for. This is what I'm giving you. So, spoke to him. And... Uh, he was, no, no, you must come to us. No, this, this is where we're going to join with you in the breaking of your fast. I hadn't realised it was 20 past nine at night, but, you know, that's because I just didn't know. Uh, so, anyway, the long and short of it was Friday night, the whole family came in and we had a, an excellent time uh, just sharing with them. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering a little bit, but it's all part of the same thing. You know, I, I do get a little bit excited. I, you can't t no, you can't tell by looking at my face. You've got to be able to look in, into the inside. I, I need some, a face substitute. Yeah, can I, somebody with a smiling face. Who? Who? Jacob? I've never thought of you as an uh, excited person. <laughs> Nothing personal, of course. But. So... Dawn says, oh, we've we got to get halal food. Well, well, I don't know, what, where, where, what do we do? How do we go? So, now we're not always the brightest. Uh, so she had to go to uh, Asda to take something back. But if, in case you're interested in this, um, Dagenham is not a primary concentration of Muslim people. Not primary. So... Asda in Dagnum is not really the place to go. So, anyway, what happened was this. As we go in, she sees some things on sale, which you can't help it. 
if she sees stuff on sale, it, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, she's drawn to it. There's nothing you can do. And at that point, I am a complete nuisance. So she's got to get rid of me somehow. So she says, right, you go and find the meat. It gives me a little job. Makes me feel of value, you know? I can't find it. I don't know. Do you... So I picked up a chicken. I thought, does it say on, on there, allow? Or does it look different or anything like that? So I thought, this is not working. So I look around for a member of staff, and I find a lady behind one of the counters. And I go up to ask her. And as I speak to her, I thought, I recognise you. And lo and behold, I'm speaking to somebody who we knew from years ago, who Alan and Vivian are having regular contact with, who used to be uh, involved, I think, in, in the Dagnum uh, church, uh, but is no longer involved. But I thought, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in God taking us. And they have since talked to Alan and Vivian and told them about meeting. And we're just believing that this is another step to see somebody restored to a place of walking with him. He had us in mind. This is... Can you imagine that? The creator of the whole universe has got you in mind. Yeah? He's busy, he's, he's, he's running the world, doing the whole thing, and he's thinking about Neil. And when he thought about Neil, he went all sort of warm inside. He had us in mind, settled on us as a focus of his love. He adopted Jeremy and Jane recently had a baby. We are celebrating. That's wonderful. They didn't choose which baby they would have. They had a baby. There's something in this thing of adoption where it is not automatically, as it were, delivered. You have no choice. There's a choosing. And he chose you he chose you and adopted you into his family caused you to actually be born again with incorruptible seeds so you become a son or a daughter of the living God but there's a choice there there's a choosing he adopted us into his family had it in mind settled on us as a focus of love when I was thinking about this, when I was completely rejecting anything to do with God and lost in this group of friends that were certainly not going to be going God's way, it was still me he chose. Later on, when my friends, my kind of peer group at that time, all went off to Bible college and you were there for a couple of years and then you came out and you were a real pastor and you, you were leading a church he'd still chosen me chose me to be stockbroking helping rich people to get richer 
telling me preparation, preparation. He'd chosen me. His plan was upon me. I couldn't necessarily see it. I couldn't necessarily see it when I was back there uh, running wild with my friends and yet looking back I could see that there were times when he just restricted me. Didn't realise at the time but he had a plan. His plan was being worked out. Now I'm not unique and special. I am to him but in terms of being part of us he had that same plan and has that same plan for you. And whether, wherever you stand, the plan is still the same. He doesn't change. He is the unchanging God. Even over the years in ministry, where I've never, never needed to press or force or push for the role that God's given me because he had a plan. There was a period of time many years ago uh, where some of the leaders then were concerned that somebody else was seeking to take that and I wasn't even take that leadership role. wasn't even aware of it. And I said to them, you don't need to worry. This is, this is part of God's plan. See, guys, if we can rest in the fact that he has a plan and he's taking us where he wants us to go. And his plan is sovereign and supreme. The circumstances around have become somewhat almost irrelevant. Irrelevant. He had us in mind. Then we go on to say uh, how much delight he took in setting out this long-term plan. Uh, he is actually enjoying it. I mean, I don't know if you sometimes think, oh, there's God sort of in heaven. He's thinking, right, oh, dear, I mean, I've got to get Martin Smith out of another deviation. Oh, I've got to get him back on the straight line. No, he's actually having fun. He's enjoying himself. You're not looking at it, oh, Lord, I've got to sort out Daniel Singleton today. God dear, what a Monday. Yeah. I mean, he's, his delight is in us because his love is upon us. You know? It's like you, I mean, it's like us with kids, but it's, it's even more, and actually, not with kids, with grandkids. You know? But that's, this is my current real experience, you know. Um, I haven't got time to go into that. But he's enjoying even even the clearing up and being deviated from what you want to do and when you'd like to watch the news and you've got to watch what's it called? CBeebies. I, I mean, I was telling you about Keith Marsh um, and all that stuff that he went through and I'm, I'm just realising 
God has delight because he knows the plan that he's got for him and he knows that he's developing him and he knows that he's bringing him through this grotty stuff because he's got a plan to bring him into something more like him and also for his own blessing and help. When I think about us, sometimes you know people say to me, did you, did you ever expect to be the type of church that you are or to be doing the things that you are or in LCP to be doing the things and reaching into the community in the ways that we are no I don't suppose I ever really thought about it uh, but when you think God had a plan when we were started off as a little group classified as rebels because we wanted to do something different a little group meeting in a, in a house God was there, and God had a plan, and he was taking delight in what he was working through and all the sort of growing pains and difficulties. When we started off with LCP and uh, we were told, you know, keep a low profile, don't get too big, don't ask any awkward questions. God had a plan, and that was not God's plan. It was God's plan that we would bring something different into the community, that where people were unempowered, they wouldn't go through different courses and, and uh, training things and end up unempowered. We wanted to make a difference. God had a plan. God had a plan when we were thrown off committees, when contracts were cancelled, when everybody turned against us. God was still having a plan, and he had a delight in that plan because he knew what he was going to do. We didn't know that. We didn't know that the people that tried to cut us off within 18 months, we'd be subbing business to them. We didn't know that. But God's sitting there. I mean, you know, you've got to know that God, God enjoys himself. Yeah? Doesn't he rejoice even over us? Isn't that what the Bible say? Yeah. Imagine that. Just looking at you. I mean, look in the mirror. I think... God rejoices over me. Well, God is special. He has that ability. All right. So he's planned. We stumble along, but he's got a plan. Jump down to verse 11. It's in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed and delivered by the Holy Spirit in Christ. Our identity is built upon the rock, built upon him who doesn't change. He was pleased with the design. He designed me and bought me back with a price. He's pleased. My poor parents. My dad would have liked me to be a sportsperson. That, that, worked, that never worked. They would have liked me to have had a proper job, like a banking or something like that. 
and I end up stockbroking. That, they couldn't see that as being. Then when eventually I came to the Lord, they would have liked me to have been pastoring a proper church. Dear, what disappointment they had. But God had a plan. Uh, And our identity was not in fulfilling something like being the banker or being a pastor of what they would see a proper church. Identity is in him. So... We really don't have time to do any more than this, but these are some of the goodies we've got. He takes us to high places, our ability to see, to feel his presence, to see his hand. He had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. He let us into his plans. He caused us to walk in his way, the plans he took such delight in making. But then it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Our identity is him. Hmm. So you've got some goodies in your bag, Ben. What do we do? What, what should we do with the good things that God's given us? Even Let's just talk about what we have in Christ. I don't want to list them again, but it's a pretty hefty um, bag of goodies. What, what is the plan? What's God's plan that we do with them? Uh, well, it's very simple. So go into all the world and make disciples. See, it's God's plan that this, this good package that he's placed in us enables us to have something very real to share with others. And the way of doing it is through... Discipling. You see, you've experienced a miracle when you came to Christ. It was a, you didn't. You chose to believe. The ability to believe. The change that took place is a miracle. You can't do that. You can't buy it. You can't learn it. You can't recite it. It's a miracle. God switches something on. On the inside. This next miracle that we're talking about, not for you. This next miracle is for somebody else. A miracle that they receive when you engage in discipling, coming alongside, loving, caring, reaching, sharing the goodies, sharing the love. You remember Jairus in the Bible? He wanted a miracle. He wanted it for his daughter. Do you remember the guys that let the friend down through the roof? They weren't looking for a miracle for themselves. They were looking for a miracle for their friend. See, something that God connects in our heart. Miracle for others. You see, we're talking about sharing the love of God. We're talking about a relational involvement. I, I don't have the time this morning to talk about Uh, discipling, mentoring, whatever we want to call it. We did do quite a lot of teaching on that a while ago. But let me say this. If it's not a relational involvement out of a a, a love of something that God's placed in us, it ain't what the Bible says. It has to be relational. 
It's not an authority position or a priestly position. See, these goodies are giving to us for the purpose of having something to give to others. How, 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 do, you, how do you do that? Ben, could you demonstrate how you give out goodies? Okay, so he was freely giving, uh, giving of the good things that he had in his bag. Let's look at our role in giving. We don't have the time, so we're just going to take that, that last one uh, that we looked at. Um, it's in Christ that we find who we are and what we're living for. Well, if I know what it's like to find my identity in Christ, then I'm in a position to be able to help somebody else do that. That's why we're talking about sharing what we've got. So let me take, let me use Jamie for example. Right, Jamie is the LNI International Director. But he's not been anywhere recently. I know he's got baby and all this sort of thing, but he's not been anywhere. So is he in danger of feeling he's not doing a good job? It's useless. Now, if I recognise that I find my identity in Christ. I am then in a place of being able to say to him, are you doing what God has given you to do at this time? Not necessarily to find a way for him to do what he thought he ought, but actually to bring him back to that place. Our identity is not in what we do, but who we are in obedience to him. Are you doing what God has given you to do right now? Can you find satisfaction as what he's given you to do at this time? So we're, we're giving by encouraging, sharing where we come from, what's living in us, and encouraging whoever it is we're involved with to find God. Not resolving it for them or trying to help them find their identity in the job, but actually in Christ. Of course, this comes as we take an interest uh, remember, remember that God is more concerned in how we are than what we're doing. He can easily deal with where he wants us to work and what he wants us to do. Um, does anybody not like bounty? Right, could you give that to your sister? So, Hannah's just got something she doesn't like. Would you open it, Hannah? <laughs> yeah, you can open it. 
What did you find? See, I know that it's her brother, but she was receiving something, but she didn't really like it, but actually, when she got into it, she found there was something she really liked. Did you see her little face? Oh, yes. <laughs> see... When we're in a close and love relationship, we might receive what doesn't necessarily feel tasty and, and palatable. And God will do that. God will give us things which don't necessarily appeal to us, but his purpose is wrapped up inside. And... Because of that ability, that connection, that engagement, there's a willingness to believe that it could be good. And of course, they get the good from the opening, the inside, the embracing of what actually exists uh, for the goodness of God and for his glory. We have such a bag of goodies, guys. It's worth dwelling on. It's worth dwelling on to help us see. And what God wants us to do is not about a regimentation or a, 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 a ritual or a series of, of actions. It's about sharing ourselves. And that has to be... And remember... His instruction is very simple and very clear. Go make disciples. And he calls each one of us that know him, that love him, that therefore have this bag of goodies to be those who give of the goodness of what God's got. And in order to do that, it has to be because we have our identity in Christ. Yeah? Discipling is vital. But it's vital that it's from a love basis and that we're giving out of the goodness that we ourselves are living in. You, you understanding? You with me? Yeah? You kind of nod or you, you look. Yeah. That's three people that side. I'm going to try the middle. You, you understanding what I'm saying? Oh, it's much better. Much better this side. What about the... Oh, wow. Look at that. It, it kind of gets better. I'm going to come the other way. You understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You getting it? Yeah. How we do? Oh, yes, yes. Slightly further east. So. Good.